Welcome to episode number 47 of Winging It. I'm back, baby. I've had myself an extended offseason because we know Alex and Ali were holding it down a couple days ago while I was not here. So I'm ready for my first episode of the 2023-24 football season. We just saw playoff game number one. But before we get into everything, I want to know how everyone's feeling. Alex, what's up, man? It's been a while since we've chatted through the airwaves, and uh, here we are. We, we, yeah, man, we have, we have football good. to talk about. Yeah, you said a playoff game number one. I think you meant preseason game number one. Uh, he's already thinking Hall ahead State. right now. Yeah, yeah, he's already thinking ahead, man. No, I think a little bit of foreshadowing is good. Um, doing that's great, how much man. I hate preseason. I don't, I don't. That's just like I can't even call it the right thing. I just got to say, I just love that my feed is getting taken over with football highlights. Uh, some really cool things that we saw from other preseason games. You see that Jacksonville quarterback that just completely embarrassed the uh, the the Dallas defense. It's nope. just, it, we are approaching that season. Twitter or X and Facebook <laughs> and whatever is all going to be filled with football highlights. Great things. Uh, I already have my Eagles playlist bumping in the car. And my wife looks at me. She's like, do you have goosebumps like all over your body right now from like listening to some like, yeah, I totally do, man. I'm just I'm so freaking pumped. So even though preseason is a tease, Andrew, I know you uh, you feel that way. It's good just to see some midnight green running around. Ali, how we doing today? I'm great, man. I'm glad that Andrew's back. Uh, I feel like this is how I felt on Saturday when I was watching the Eagles game. I was excited. I was pumped for football, but it just didn't feel the same without mm-hmm. starters in the game. And that's how I felt with with uh, with Andrew not joining us last week. It j- it just doesn't <laughs> feel the same without you, bud. <laughs> Look, I need to I need to shoot you guys straight. All right, I am a little bit jaded from like the mid like twenty teens. From playing fantasy football, I put so much time and effort, you know, I'm talking, you know, June, July, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm reading, you know, I'm reading speculative articles on the internet, and every single year, I would get disappointed in fantasy football, and I gotta be honest, I didn't handle it well. In fact, I handled it very, very poorly, and my relationship with fantasy football has come a very long way, a lot thanks to sports betting. But my point is, is that I am so I can't handle speculation. I can't because I've put so much of my heart into that before. And it all led me to nowhere. Like, I don't know what's going to happen week two of the season. You know, players are going to get hurt or, you know, position battles. Things are going to happen. We just there's so much that we don't know. And so all we can do is watch the TV screen. We can kind of we can see the backups we can make our yeah. own you know judgments but at the end of the day i still have no idea what's going on day to day at the practice facility and until it's a real football game i just it's so hard for me to care yeah but like to your point when i saw deandre swift 
when I saw that juke move, when I saw him just absolutely leave that poor Baltimore Ravens player's ankles out on the field on like the third play of the game, I, I got those same goosebumps, Alex. So I, I know what you're saying, but I'm I just I have I have a lot of trouble getting myself to that that real passionate point is all. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, listen, it's it's a meaningless game. Uh, you can do sports betting on it. I just don't know who in their right minds would would bet on preseason football. We know Actually, a few. I think yeah, we do know a few. <laughs> um, and what is it? The the Ravens won the last twenty four preseason games straight. But why don't we why don't we talk about that a little bit? Why don't we talk about some of the things that we did saw during the preseason game? I was out with my wife. We did mini golf during halftime. So I wasn't sitting here watching and glued to my TV screen. But I did notice some pretty good flashes of good player performances and some that were pretty woefully bad. Um, I think the first one we should definitely talk about just as a player is Marcus Mariota. I think a really important position, especially if you're looking at Eagles um, history is our backup quarterback is most likely going to get play. So we saw Marcus, we saw Tanner McKee, and we saw Ian Book out there. Not, we don't need a whole in-depth analysis, but based off what we saw in preseason, how do you guys think our quarterback room looks like? Do you feel confident in Jalen's backups here? As of right now, I'd say I'm not super confident in Marcus Mariota's ability to be able to move the football up and down the field. I think we saw some flashes of his athleticism, but the fact that what a couple of drives, you know, halted right outside of the 20 yard line uh, around the 30 yard line and had to settle for field goals was not feeling too good that this is, this guy is, is our number two behind Jalen Tanner McKee. Dude showed some flash, man. I, I was really impressed with that kid. And, and honestly, I'd, I'd be really comfortable with him as our QB3. Um, who was the last? The Ian I can't Book. Remember. Dude, Ian he looked Book. like Carson Wentz, man. That play where he just ran around and then got sacked like 35 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I was like, this dude is Carson Wentz in like in, yeah. in rookie form. Yeah, I have some thoughts in the quarterback room. But what about you, Andrew? Yeah, I mean Tanner McKee rocking Deshaun Jackson's number two. I'm always really weary about players. You like are, you need, <laughs> you need to do your, you need to do your due diligence and make sure. Like even if a number's not retired, you know, don't go rocking a player of someone who was awesome. It, unless you're Jason Avant and you want to rock number 81 the year after we have To, that's totally fine. Um, here's my thing, man. Marcus Mariota. I'm not expecting crap out of him. And to be honest, if Jalen Hurts goes down. You're in trouble. But if if a starting quarterback on any team goes down, you're in trouble. Uh, I don't I don't think any team is sitting there with like uh, excited for their number two quarterback to get an opportunity unless it's a, a team with a rookie quarterback. That's just basically they need an excuse to take out the starter so they can start the rookie. I think Marcus Mariota has been in the league long enough where at least we we can at least try to not expect rookie mistakes out of him. I think with the Eagles offensive line, hey, what did the Atlanta Falcons do last year? My man barely threw the ball. They just had a very run heavy team and they were playing from behind right. a lot. So if you're the Eagles, dude, just just you have all these running backs now, right? Just feed, just just run the ball, just move the pile, you know, let him play action every now and then. But on my list of things that I'm worried about, as important as quarterback is, I think Mariota can 
on the scheme of backup quarterbacks, I'm fine. You know, I'm fine with it, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a few thoughts on this. Um, I, I still think Marcus, and I said in our last episode, really does complement our, our offensive scheme really well. And this is not a vanilla playbook. I mean, this is this is some pretty intense RPO misdirection. You got some really weird formations, two tight ends. Like, Marcus is still learning the the playbook, and he's not a starter this year, but he was a starter last year. So I am totally on board. I think that, um, you know, Tanner looks looked good. The, the thing about Tanner is he looked really composed. He didn't look nervous. He made the throws that he, he was supposed to make. He made some back shoulder throws. His receiver was covered, but that was the play. That was the design. That's what he wanted to say. Like, that's really, really um, important when you think of just about skill progression and getting better and being composed and making the plays you should. And I think Marcus Mariota honestly looked fine. He made a really long third down play to get where he needed to go. That's very like Jalen Hurts ask yeah. to do that. And you know what? There was multiple times last year and Andrew and I were in the middle of the season saying Jalen Hurts doesn't throw to the left side of the field. It's like we were <laughs> questioning the potential MVP of the league last year that he can't throw it to the left side of the field. How ridiculous were we with that <laughs> assumption, right? Because Jalen right. Hurts got better. He progressed. Marcus is in a new offense. So I think it's okay. Last comment, Ian Book. Holy crap. Um, there's only been two college quarterbacks I've ever liked because I don't lo- watch a lot of college ball. I liked Baker Mayfield a lot. He's a total bust in the NFL right now, which sucks. And Ian Book, I loved him in Notre Dame. I used to like actually seek out Notre Dame games and didn't want to tell anyone I was watching Notre Dame because it's like very Cowboys-esque to 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 be watching Notre Dame. Um, I thought he was a baller. And just watching him, he just he couldn't make a decision. I mean, they were actually showing replays of receivers jumping up and down the field, putting their hands up, saying, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. He just was not comfortable. Right, just like you said, Ali, the second he felt a little bit of time, the second the route didn't progress – he was outside of the pocket running around trying to make guys miss, and he's not as quick and big as Carson Wentz, so it looked awful. Two names you just mentioned, you, Baker Mayfield and Marcus Mariota. Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick. Marcus Mariota was the second overall pick. So, like, we we have – it's like we've had expectations of these quarterbacks who are, like, top draft picks. Yeah. And then we also sit here and we're, like, trying to find hope in a sixth-round quarterback like they're going to be Tom Brady. It's, like – even the the top tier of quarterbacks that get drafted are still highly questionable. So you, if you can even get anything yeah. out of you know one of these guys, that's why like Brock Purdy was honestly pretty impressive last year. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, I, I had one other point, but it just slipped my mind. If I think well, of it and, and it's relevant, I'll bring it up. Well, and the thing with Ian Book is uh, he he started uh, a game or two last year for New Orleans. I mean, he did awful. I mean, it was it was a, it was a really bad performance. But I mean, to get beat out by by Tanner McKee, I don't even know anything about Tanner McKee. <laughs> yeah. He obviously doesn't have a good, um, you know, he, he doesn't even know about Eagles history if he's picking up numbers like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, to see that performance from Ian Book is is super disappointing. Um, it's a third, it, you know, he was playing the fourth quarter of the first preseason game. We probably won't get a lot of playing time. And there's a reason for it, but that was woefully bad. My overall thoughts on the quarterback room, though, and that's the entire point I had, um, I think it's fine. I think our wide receiver depth is really good. We can talk about some of the wide receivers that we saw. And I think Marcus Mariota is is a fine compliment to Jalen Hurts. I think he fits the offense just fine. I think you love Ian Book. I think he's one of your favorite players ever. I also think that we're starting to see a, uh, a trend here with Alex's favorite college quarterbacks yeah. and how they turn out to be in the NFL. So Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm just going to not watch college and not give anyone my uh, my opinion on this anymore. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. So we, we can talk about some receivers. Uh, we can talk about Greg, Greg Ward making a, a triumphant return from last Always, year's man. practice squad. Uh, you know, we've had fun with guys like Paul Turner in years past. And who's that Who's that guy going to be this year that makes a play or two in preseason and we talk about him? And then he's on the practice squad, and then maybe we see him at some point this year. His his name Snore. goes by his, his name goes by Tyree Cleveland. That's, cool. That's I can't wait point. for Hank Hank Basket level three to show up and yeah. in, in this. You know, like I'm so yeah. freaking over it. But I know. good for him. You know, you, yeah. I'm, I want I want you know I'm I'm happy for the players. Like yeah, like you're playing for a job and that's great. But <sighs> snore. Yeah. No, I hear that. Anything you want to talk about on the uh, on the wide receiver front here, Ali? You know, good performance. Um, I would have liked to see uh, my boy Joseph Ngata get get a little bit more touches on the football, but um, you know that's why that's why we have three weeks of uh, of wonderful preseason time. Andrew, I know you're so excited about the next two two weeks. Um, I'm I'm counting down the days. Get my yeah. <laughs> but I guess um, you know let's let's flip this. Well, I don't know, Alex. Did you have anything you wanted to add to wide receivers? No, I was thinking about maybe talking about some of the rookies. Uh, Jalen Carter had a really good, flashy performance. Before, yeah, on, yeah. B- before we pop into the rooks, I do want to. I did want to pick your brains on the running back situation. Do you mm. think that because we didn't see any of Kenny Gainwell, that he is clear RB one right now? Yeah, I think so. And what 100%. are your? Yeah, just kind of. Uh, let's start there, and I just want to know your. You just roll with your thoughts in terms of the running back room. You know what you, how you thought it was going to turn out. You know what it's looking like, and how you. You ultimately feel about these guys, Ali. We'll start with I, you. Yeah, I, I'd say if we go into this season with four running backs, I feel very comfortable, given the fact that they all have unique skill sets. DeAndre Swift has his uh, route running ability. Uh, Boston Scott kills the Giants two weeks out of the season for us, so I'm happy with him there. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, I think is probably the most rounded out of all four running backs. And Rashad Penny is just a bruiser. Like, I I think we've got like a a Swiss army knife's worth of running back room, uh, that we can utilize throughout the season. And I'm so confident that, you know, if we were to go in with, with four running backs, which is pretty heavy going into a season, given the fact that we rely so heavily on the run game, I'm, I'm all here for it. Yeah, I would actually argue that I don't even know if Miles Sanders was considered RB1 last year. I mean, according to like our depth chart, he was, but there were many games where he had the second or third most carries in the game, right? Uh, Outside of Jalen Hurts, of course. So I I think the Gainwell Swift, I I don't really think it's going to be as... Gainwell's definitely RB1 and and Swift is definitely RB2 because it doesn't really look like that uh, uh, according to our history. I also think Swift is just getting more reps here, new offense, new schema. Jared Goff certainly wasn't doing a whole bunch of RPOs in Detroit, so they're really, you know, taking that that part of talent that Swift has and applying it to the Eagles and just getting him more reps as part of that offense, right? Um so I think that's what we're seeing here, but I do think Kenneth Gainwell has certainly uh, earns the RB one title. It's going to be interesting as far as like fantasy value goes. Uh, maybe we should talk about that on like an upcoming episode, but I don't know who I would go with in the picks here. Would do I go with Swift? Who's going to catch the ball more and maybe we'll get more touchdowns. Or we're going to go with Gainwell who looks like he's going to get the primary, um, you know, uh, hall of, of, of touches. So it's going to be an interesting one to see that dynamic. 
I heard a, a funny little tidbit on a, uh, I think it was actually a fantasy football podcast, and they apparently the Eagles, uh, their depth chart, they had five running backs listed as RB1. So they didn't even have like running backs like listed in any particular order. Yeah. I'm assuming they included Trey Sermon in that group of five who scored a touchdown. Um, I'm a little, like, don't get me wrong. I love this Boston Scott thing. I like really, it, it is like, I, I'm, 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 I am like totally on board with just keeping him on the team just to face the Giants. I know we joke about that, but like, seriously, I'm fine with that. Even though we don't play the Giants until like the last like two out of three weeks of the season. But that's a different story. Every year. Um, it's weird. I I was listening to you guys last week and you're talking. I, was it, Were you guys talking about Boston Scott returning kicks possibly? And like you didn't like the idea of that or. He's returning or, kickoffs. Um, yeah, to we, me, I, I feel like if you're going to keep Boston Scott, like I almost. I need him to do that. I can't mm-hmm. like I I don't see what he does that's like so impressive um otherwise because he's you know he's undersized and I, he's like a bruiser. I, I really like I love his style, but you also have you know is the, is that more valuable or important than Trey Sermon? Does that skill does his skill set do anything that like helps with with anything that we don't already have? Um, so that's like really my question. Like Boston Scott is really take it or leave it. But if he's returning kicks, then I, then I feel like he's more of a purposeful player. Um, <laughs> Ali, I, apparently you're not a fan of Miles Sanders, uh, nose ring. So you don't like the stud, right? So the stud is outside of the nose and the septum is, is the bull piercing, like what Alvin Kamara has. Uh, so let me, I want to know both your thoughts on nose piercings. Um, that's it. Ali, you can start again. <laughs> I mean, I don't have an like. I this is just dumb, man. I, I, I you know, it's it's the same reason why. I so feel is preseason. Like, That's why we're here. Yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> um, no, I I don't think that players should wear like jewelry in their on their faces, their head in the football game. Like, I I don't like when players wear earrings. Um, I'm. It's just like, does it is it there for a purpose? Does it serve a football purpose? And if you're wearing a, what would you call it? A septum or, you know, underneath your, in the, in the bridge of your nose. Um, I don't know. Are you like, what, what kind of statement are you trying to make? Is it like a fashion statement? Like, dude, just put your helmet on and like, just be careful that that thing doesn't come rip, you know, ripping off. Do you think that it, it's yourself? a possible, like it's a placebo effect. Like you put that thing on and you're like, I am actually a bull. I am going to run through this pile. Like I am a, gosh darn bull i guess i get whatever I you need to tell yourself to to perform well but i feel like if you gotta put a bull nose ring in your in the bridge of your nose to <laughs> tell yourself that you're that good maybe you're not that good <laughs> alex do you feel in any, any particular way or you're just like i you know the piercings whatever keep them if you want them yeah, I mean, whatever. I I, I will say, well, it, I mean, I was always like conditioned in like gym class, like just like what Ali is saying is like always take it out because you can never. I mean, you could rip out your. I mean, it happens, right? Things things get ripped out all the time. I think it's more funny when you see like these like baseball players that wear like seven gold chains and they're sitting running down the uh, the first base on it. Like, doesn't that like kind of hinder something? Like. I don't know. You see like these bike riders that wear like these super tight spandex suits to prevent wind drag, but this big baggy baseball jersey or football pads with jewelry. I don't, I don't know. I think if 
I, I think that football and, ba- and just professional sports together have certainly gone from more of like how you look than just like being like really gritty and, 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 and tough and everything. I think a lot of it is like a fashion display. Like we see what the NFL cleats. Remember there's all these like cleat debacle. Now there's like nonprofits that do this. Like everyone's cashing in on the looks and the cleats and, and all of this and that. So um, that's a very long winded of answer of saying like, I don't really care. Um, and you love Ian book. And I love Ian book, man. That's all right. That, so that, that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. All right. Well, you know, I guess, I guess now's a good time to start talking about some, some rookies, mm-hmm. um, you know, before they start, you know, I don't know. Are these players decking themselves out in jewelry quite yet to be determined, but let's talk about their play on the field. Um, Jalen Carter, not to be confused with Javon Carter, uh, who I mistakenly said a million times after our, our when we did our draft day uh, follow up. Um, first play of the game, already getting after the quarterback. I mean, what more can you say? Um, I got to be honest, that's the only defensive play that I saw the entire game. So you guys are going to have mm-hmm. to uh, carry the rest of the discussion here. I know Ali, you've had that. You're you're big on Sidney Brown, um, which hey. We, we need the safety depth. So um, I'm going to let you guys run with it. What did we see from the rookies? And uh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, here, here's two things that I saw. So Jalen Carter, um, that first play was sick. I mean, just absolutely sick. It's what you want to see. But he did lose contain. Um, he did lose contain on a really big run that the Ravens had. I mean, listen, he's he's playing in the NFL for the first time. And, you know, there's, there's I guess there's both sides here. Losing contain is something that you can very much learn and be like, crap, like I got to make sure I'm doing that. Then just totally overpowering a starting offensive lineman. Uh, I'm sorry, defensive lineman. So yeah, offensive lineman. He's on defense offense. So um, that looks really good. And then, uh, you know, Nolan Smith just wanted to play. He was out there on the fourth quarter playing special teams. He just wanted (laughs) to play. He just wanted to be in the game. Put me in coach, put me in coach, put me in coach. So yeah, I'm a big fan awesome. of of what we've seen. And then um, I want you to actually talk about Sidney Brown Ali because I think you have a little bit more of a closer uh, reaction to that. You've probably been paying more attention, but I love what I saw out of those two specifically. And I don't know if Eli Ricks, uh, he's a uh, defense. I think he's playing cornerback. He had a pick six. Um, yep. he, he almost got it taken back due to some taunting there <laughs> at the end. You need to watch that, man. I mean, my man was hot, but you know what? He probably just had the biggest play of his entire career because we're probably never going to hear from him again. Um, he may have the Travis Fulgham effect, right? Um, yep. But uh, Eli Ricks looked really good, man. He looked like he he was coming out of his steps really quick. Uh, got a pick six. So, yeah, I was really excited what I saw after those guys. Two little quick uh, factoids about Eli Ricks. Uh, he was born in 2001. So um, I'm glad that we're just we've officially hit, you know, all players are born 2000 and after. That makes us feel great. And uh, secondly, he is uh, from Rancho Cucamonga, California. And that is fun to say. So uh, that's all I have. <laughs> Ali, what are your thoughts on the Rooks? Yeah, I think that I was a little disappointed with Nolan Smith's performance. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he had um, one good play that was at the end of the game. But aside from that, it was a relatively quiet night, uh, especially given all of the reports that were coming out of training camp about how this guy's got like insane edge speed. I didn't see much of it um, in the Saturday game. So I'd like to see him obviously get more reps. Him in, or so- Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis had nothing either. Right. Right. Um, Obviously, Jalen Carter with the first play, um, that was a really solid performance on his end. Um, You mentioned Sidney Brown. Dude, 
this kid is like a heat-seeking missile, man. I, I sent you guys in our text thread the the tape on every single play that he was in. This guy, at the end of each play, was within five yards of the football once the tackle was made. Either he was making open field tackles or he was right there. If the you know runner was still going, he would have been on this guy, bringing him down. Like I love this kid. I think he's got so much potential to earn that starting safety job. He didn't start for us on Saturday, but I would be very hard pressed to, to, to believe that this kid may not be starting by the end of the preseason, if not the first couple of weeks uh, of the regular season. I really, really like this kid. Um, Keely Ringo, he didn't have that bad of a night. He did give up that touchdown um, to, uh, what was it? Zay Flowers, I think, was uh, was was the guy. Um, you know, it was a it was a really well thrown ball. Um, but the guy is six two. Like I would expect Keely Ringo to have made a better play. Um, again, not a bad not a bad play. I would say like it was just you know some passes are just really hard to defend. I would have expected just more out of Keely Ringo. Um, and, other than yeah, go ahead. So yeah, just off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, Sidney Brown. Was a fourth round pick or was he a late third? I want to say maybe he was a fourth round pick, but there was still a lot of excitement about, you know, not just him as a player, but kind of to, like just his attitude. Like he's kind of like between him and Nolan Smith, man, like we have these two guys that like you can just there, there's this feeling that these guys just eat, breathe and sleep football and they just want to they just want to be as close to the football as possible making plays. Um, and I think Keely Ringo was one of. 12 million Georgia players that we drafted this year, uh, cornerback. And I think he went a little bit later in the draft, maybe around fifth round or so, but he might've had a, a much higher draft grade, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, I uh, didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no. I, I mean, you know, basically to wrap things up, like I, I don't, I, I just want to see more. I want to see more out of Nolan Smith. I want to see more out of Keely Ringo. Obviously, you know, Keely's not going to take the starting job from Slay or, or, uh, Bradbury, but um, I, I just want to see more. And again, I love this kid out of Illinois, Sydney Brown. Like the kid is just, yep. he is showing the level of aggressiveness and speed that I would expect from any defensive back starting in the NFL. Like looking at that tape for this kid, he looks like he's running downhill 24 seven. And I'm, I love it. Anything that reminds us of Brian Dawkins is going to get us very, very excited quickly. Uh, I don't know if this is breaking news, um, Amazon Prime has announced a new documentary, Kelsey, that closely documented Jason Kelsey throughout the entirety of last season, including the Super Bowl. It is set to be released September 12th. No way. Yeah, on Amazon no way. Prime. Wow. So, I mean, put Jason wow. Kelsey in front of a camera, say no more. I mean, he does amazing enough on a podcast where you just listen to the guy. Now you can, now we get to watch him and his entire experience of last year. Sign me up. Oh my, that's awesome. Oh man, that is cool. awesome. That is cool, great. Cool. Ah, so let's, all right, we've been chatting for like 20, a little over 25 minutes. Um, I know that there, you know, we had, a, we had a conversation before we hopped on the air today about, um, <laughs> Alex, you want to, you, <laughs> you want to leave? Yeah. Us so, this? so, uh, in our group chat, someone brought up that there was a comeback player of the year award. Um, and the odds are already out there, a plus 300 for Damar Hamlin to win Comeback Player of the Ward. Uh, I'm sorry, Comeback Player of the Year. And and we had a, a disagreement. Now, we're not trying to sound insensitive on anything in, in, in here, but 
Andrew we're facts. We're just Andrew facts. believes that if you're not a quarterback or unless you overcame something ridiculous and like you put up stats to prove it, that you're not going to win the award. And I'm of the camp. I think if you just get through the season and you start the whole time and you overcame death, that it's a lock. Like, I'm not saying like, listen to this podcast to take financial advice, but if you want to make 1500 bucks, I'd put $500 at plus 300. That DeMar Hamlin is the lock for comeback player of the year award. I mean, everything about it, the ESPYs, everything that they've done is revolved around this. We'll that's, talk about DeMar Hamlin in 20 years. What and, more does he need? You know, it's like, that's the, he, like, he more needs enough. He's died. <laughs> I know, but like, no, 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 he's Alex, the he, comeback he player of the, he Alex, die. he did die. He, he did, did die. for the record. Yeah. He, he did die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my man died. He need? My man died. He need... My man died. <laughs> what, the most... what more did? What more does he need, Andrew? He needs a comeback player of the year award. That's what the most <laughs> impressive. <laughs> so, I guess the the we were talk we talked a little bit about Alex Smith. So I'll go through some of the players of years past. But twice in like the last twenty years, has a defensive player won the award it was like teddy brewski in 2004 around then and then eric berry you know maybe like 10 years ago and eric berry was an all pro safety so he probably put up numbers that also were deserving damar hamlin got hurt on a special teams play he's not like a good player and like while it's a beautiful story I also have to ask the question, is it harder to come back from like Alex Smith's like almost losing your entire leg and relearning how to play football? Or is it harder learning how to breathe again? No, that's not exactly what I mean. But like, what is, I, I don't know, man. Like you have to at least do something that is worthy of of, of like <laughs> earning the award other than just, it wasn't even like. Look, Andrew, Andrew, the Andrew, people Andrew, brought Andrew, people Andrew. brought him back to life. He didn't. For, it's not like Andrew, he was Andrew, like on Andrew, a. Andrew, he, Andrew, do you think he was in this black hole just trying to like <laughs> climb back into life? Like it was either yes. going to happen or it wasn't, and it, it depended on the people working on him. Okay, he just he was just lucky. Andrew, let me ask now you a he, question. Now he's let, the let, hottest. Hey, 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 hey. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you believe that most of these awards that are given are sensationalized and are not based off merit alone? Do you agree with me on that? Most of these are about storylines and actual statistics on the field. If we other had, than, a, other if, than if, comeback player of the year, what other award? What <laughs> other award? What do they are? Are you referring to? Because I do think all of the other awards are merit are are like performance based. Except for except for defensive player of the year in basketball, they always give it to a freaking center. And the one year Ben Simmons, though I hate his guts, he really did deserve it. Not Rudy Gobert. But anyway, back to football. Uh, other than comeback player of the year, that's the only Disney award that they can like that you can give. So you can either make it like a sob story, oh this is beautiful, or it can be like a player who, which is usually a quarterback. Like if if a quarterback overcomes something and then they like take a team to the playoffs, even if they're not that good. Like I know we saw Chad Pennington on the list twice, which is twice in three years. That's ridiculous. How could you be the comeback player twice? They must've won some games and it must've been, he must've performed well. I I don't know. Fair point. Fair point. I'm just saying at plus 300 odds, that's a pretty good bet in, in my opinion. It's actually a terrible bet. I would take him at plus 2,000 odds, sure. Give me some Hamlin. If he gets three interceptions, then maybe he's in consideration. My man is going to have like one interception and like seven assisted tackles. Screw that. Do not give him an award for that. Wow. 
Wow. Remi- remind Guys. me to never invite Andrew to a Make-A-Wish um, <laughs> foundation. Like, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to participate in there. What's wrong, you little kid? You're sitting. What's wrong with you? You didn't do. You didn't do anything, though. It's like, just, There's all these people pre-season. working on you, <laughs> guys. Guys, for for all of our listeners out there, it's very clear that we're not going to come to a consensus about this. Um, obviously, again, we 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 have a YouTube presence, we have a Facebook presence. Uh, get on the comments. Tell us what you think. Is yeah. this a worthy bet? I. I Andrew, I don't know what my money's on Matthew Stafford. It's got to be Matthew Stafford. It's a quarterback who's probably going to do mediocrely fine and make some plays. If Matt, if, if Demar Hamlin beats Matthew Stafford, then I'll be. You know, I I will. We'll we'll come up with some sort of punishment. I'm in, but I will be damned if Hamlin wins Comeback Player of the Year. Okay. All right. Last uh, last topic. Uh, Ali, definitely short that and make a clip out of it because that'd be really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, last thing, Eagles do play on Thursday. I do think we will actually see some starters, uh, this time around. Nick said that he wasn't playing any starters because of the short week. Um, so I'll be at the stadium on Thursday, probably going to hang out until about halftime. Uh, probably won't get there too early and probably will, probably will leave even before halftime. Uh, but I am excited. Um, hopefully no one's going to get hurt, but I would love to see another, you know, Hurts to Dallas Goddard touchdown, no late hits out of bounds like there was last year. Um, but this is probably it. I don't think usually starters will play in week three. So if we do have any starting presence, it's going to be uh, this Thursday. You guys excited for that? Keep the yeah, boys I'm healthy. Excited. Just yeah. keep them healthy. That's all. Yeah, that's that's all yeah. I care about. I don't need to see anything flashy. Um, I think I want to see my eyes will probably be on the linebackers. If I, you know, if anything, um, that's probably the biggest position that we have some question marks, especially now that we just learned Sean Bradley uh, out for the season with an Achilles injury. Right. Um, you know, he was a, a solid special teams player. I don't think he there was I don't think he was viewed as a starter. So, um, you know, Miles Jack, Zach Cunningham are these veterans who were both. I think Miles Jack was a first round. He was supposed to be a top five pick. I know there was some injury concern. And Zach Cunningham, I think, was a third round draft pick. And I remember want, wanting the Eagles to, to draft him the year that he was drafted. So I don't know how much gas these guys have left in the tank. I know they've both dealt with injuries, but it's great flyers to take on some on some depth pieces. Um, I think we all want to see N'Kobe Dean. We want to see what he's capable of. And uh, Nick Morrow, Nick Morrow, I, Sean Morrow and Nick Morrow. I don't know why I keep thinking Nick or Sean. But anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I I want to see the linebackers make some plays and just want to keep keep everyone healthy. Yeah, yeah, I'd like early. to I'd like to to <clears throat> see a little bit more than just to drive uh, in this game. Something about this three week preseason um, that I haven't really uh, appreciated was the fact that teams are, are pretty much not starting their players or not playing them all that much during the preseason, which is like the perfect opportunity to knock the rust off, which is basically translated to week one and week two of the NFL being kind of yeah. the knock the rust off weeks. Yeah. And I just don't think it's that fun to watch the first couple of weeks of the NFL. If that's the case, I agree. People, just players dropping passes, quarterbacks, missing players. Like it's just not fun to watch as a fan. I really hope that we get some, uh, some substantial playing time in this game. 
Yeah, I hear that. I remember not not this last year, but the week uh, the year before that when the Chiefs played the Texans. It was like Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Week One Thursday night to kick off the season. It was like the most boring game I've ever seen in my life because <laughs> they were just missing. They were out of sync. The rhythm wasn't there. So many uh, delay of game calls and and everything. So I'm kind of with yeah. you on on that, Ali. Like you definitely want to keep everyone healthy. That's the goal. People go down, and I think a lot of people are split fifty fifty on this. But I do think a driver too getting them in there um, and and knocking the rust off. In my opinion, besides me being selfish and wanting just to go there and see some cool stuff happen oh, yeah. in person, right? Watching them go out of the tunnel. Um, I'm, I, I, I do think that getting ample time in the preseason is, I mean, if you're going to go down in preseason or week one, does it really make a difference? Oh, well, thank God he went down in week one. It's like, no, it's just if they go down anytime, it sucks. It doesn't matter yeah. if the game's for anything or not. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I just had this thought as well. And like, you know, part of the reason that I think that maybe I'm 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 lacking a little bit of preseason excitement is for the sheer fact that like maybe this is just the most confident and secure that I have felt in an Eagles team Mm. in a really long time. Uh, You guys mentioned last on the last episode how Carson Wentz had that MVP season and then that was kind of all we ever got. You know, that, that that was the best that we got out of him. It didn't continue. I don't think any of us feel the same way about Hertz. If in fact I think that he is going to somehow take his game to that next level, and that's I all I hear out of the beat writers and everything coming from practice, and uh, that is enough to you know that's enough to get me excited. I, I just I Hertz man, this is Hertz's team, and if we're not going to get to see him, that's it is it is tough to to feel excitement. So I hope you get to see some of them on Thursday night, Alex. Um, I'm definitely excited to. You know, every episode we do, we're 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 inching closer. So here we are, episode forty-seven complete. I don't know when when we're doing when when when's the next show? When 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 are we doing this again? When you when we guys want to do this again? Probably do it on Friday after Friday? Thir- cool. after after the game on Thursday. Yeah. See you guys Friday. Everyone cool. have a great week. Go birds. Yeah.